Welcome to the Softland Central Podcast, your home for market entry knowledge and resources. Softland Central is brought to you by Softland Partners, an online... Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Softland Central. And we're here today to learn about the U.S. Small, de- small Business Development Centers. It's a mouthful, but it's an unbelievable organization, and they're smart enough to shorten their name to SBDC in most places, so much easier to, to do. So... Um, we're uh, joined by great friends, Laurent Call from the Georgia uh, SBDC International Trade Center, and then Andrew Renke from the Indiana uh, SBDC. So welcome both Lauren and Andrew. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, excellent. Great to see you both. So uh, the, our audience are uh, companies that are um, crossing borders all around the world. Uh, and also the trade organizations that support them. Um, and obviously, you, you both are concerned with uh, the U.S., either companies coming in or going out. Um, and so we'd like to really dive into a bit of, of what you do and how SBDC can help companies and also some of the wisdom you've gained uh, over the course of helping companies. So let, let's start with Andrew. And, and Andrew, it'd be great to hear about um, how uh, your organization, Indiana SBDC, helps U.S. companies uh, uh, internationalize, help them go and expand to, to other countries. Sure. Uh, thank you, Bill. Again, thank you for hosting the, the podcast and uh, great to be here. Uh, the Indiana SBDC has uh, 10 offices. Indiana itself is not a very large state. It's the 38th largest in the, in the country. So, uh, But we do have 10 offices throughout the state to do exactly that. We have uh, an export advisor, at least one export advisor in each of those uh, offices. And I'm the specialty export advisor, which means I cover the entire state, given my background in exporting. That's what I do professionally for the last 30, 30 years. But uh, we, we typically, a company will come into the center or make a phone call or an email and uh, let us know that they're interested in finding foreign markets. Um, they either have exported before, but but their exports have gone down and they want to revamp it, or they're doing fairly well in a reactive fashion, but they want to go into foreign markets in a proactive fashion uh, to to put together an export strategy. So we'll we'll meet with them, find out what they know and don't know about export development. Do they know what a performing invoice is? Do they know what their HTS and Schedule B codes are? Uh, Do they know the foreign regulations? Do they know they can get paid uh, using uh, tools that can guarantee payment uh, uh, once it leaves U.S. shores, uh, export, import bank, export receivables. And we, we also have a, a series of export uh, databases that we've paid for in addition to what the federal government have to say, okay, these are the foreign markets that make the most sense for these reasons. And then we, we do a, a, an assessment and, and uh, uh, narrow the focus down to the best types of foreign markets to go into, uh, and then find foreign market uh, penetration, go do a gold key program with the US federal government or an international partner search or some other ways we help companies find foreign markets, reps, distributors, and partners. And then we touch on areas of export compliance, which is need- needed now more than ever. Uh, we educate them on the rigors of Foreign Corrupt Practices Act which governs how they interact with foreign buyers. And then we ask them to put together a strategy, a roadmap to go to those top two to three countries. We try to narrow it down. Um, and that's, that's 
And then the lastly, I will say that the flagship program for the Indiana SPDC is the Export Indiana uh, Accelerator Program. It's a 12 week course, very rigorous, in-depth, immersive course that walks a company through uh, the eight steps. We call it the eight steps, core eight steps for export development that helps them craft that, that proactive export strategy. Wow, that is a comprehensive program. It's fantastic uh, and really great service for for Indiana companies. Uh, Lauren, do you want to talk for a minute about uh, Georgia and, and yeah, well, how you very similar to sure, very yeah. similar to what uh, Andrew had mentioned, you know, regarding the the export promotion and mechanics and things of that nature. We you know we have an international trade center here that has four uh, international business consultants. Doing the same kind of things, uh, we work with our uh, use, what they call the USEAC, U.S. Export Assistance Center partners, uh, Exim Bank, a small develop, uh, the Small Business Administration, U.S. Department of Commerce, uh, uh, the Georgia DEC uh, District Export Council, and also the uh, Georgia Department of Economic Development. We work we work in tandem with them. We also help uh, find uh, service providers to you know to go through that journey. The the, the tax folks. Bankers, freight forwarders. When talking export, right? Uh, freight forwarders, uh, you know, all the uh, trade compliance specialists like Andrew did. All these, uh, all these aspects. In addition, on the domestic side, we have a domestic consulting services, cost free. Both of these are cost free. That helps with uh, all kinds of business functions, marketing and HR and uh, business planning. Uh, you name it. Uh, so we have both the domestic and, and the uh, international, which uh, also Andrew would also help or and works with the uh, SBD domestic side as well. Yep. Exactly. And so, and so uh, uh, Lauren, uh, on that vein, does your um, thinking about companies coming in, then do they take advantage of the services that you offer uh, in terms of the domestic service? Yes, that's correct. Uh, you know, because we have naturally uh, as a, I work for the uh, University of Georgia, which is uh, the you know the academic institution here in Georgia, because we have so many databases, we can help with research, uh, domestic research for these companies that are coming in, whether it's you know the location of real estate, uh, your you know possible uh, clients or customers in you know in the U.S. All different types of databases that we could use. So that's one of them. Again, the same thing. We can bring in uh, service providers to help them land, you know, so like soft land partners and accountants and bankers and, uh, cust you know, uh, custom house broker, tax specialists, uh, lawyers, uh, all that. Uh, so we can bring all this in to help them build their business here domestically. Uh, and again, the, the domestic consulting services can help them with, you know, business planning, uh, uh, credit sourcing, you name it, uh, you know, just different uh, domestic business issues and functions. Yes, correct. Fantastic. And is it similar in Indiana for the in inbound company center? It, it is similar to that. Uh, the SBDC in Indiana, uh, we've, we've focused on, on the export side. Uh, that's our niche. Uh, but we are, we are under and, and supported by the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, which is our parent uh, organization. And they have a, a, a fleet of offices uh, overseas uh, from China, to uh, London, uh, uh, Germany, uh, seven, seven offices, Italy, Israel, that do on the foreign direct investment from outside to the, inside, to, to the US. 
and uh, they work with the local or economic development organizations across the state to help a company expand into the state of Indiana if they if they so wish. We, we uh, also work with the International Center uh, in Indiana, which is a not-for-profit entity that helps companies in foreign countries locate into the state. They, they educate them on uh, doing business in Indiana, in the U.S. They help them get situated, uh, housing, uh, get set up with schools. So, and, and the International Center also is in on our Indiana District Export Council. Lauren mentioned the, their deck. We also have an Indiana, uh, here in Indiana, District Export Council. Every, every state in the union has it, or every, yeah, every state in the union has at least one District Export Council. So I think that's one of the reasons Lauren and I uh, uh, connected. Perfect. So, Andrew, maybe sticking with you for a moment is, um, you know, having seen and helped so many companies going offshore from the U.S., um, if you were going to identify sort of the top challenges that you see um, them grapple with as they as they go off, and I'm sure there's some variance by industry and maturity and all those types of things, but but if you kind of you know the, the common denominators that seem to come up again and again, what what would be the top things that that companies internationally from the U.S. Uh, uh, typically are challenged by? I would think. They sometimes they go into it head first, no, not knowing what they don't know, and they don't they're not prepared. Uh, there's a company that went through the export accelerator a few years ago, and he's given me license to say this. Uh, he's participated in podcasts and export seminars himself. Um, uh, and the company was in Lafayette. They exported to Kenya and they didn't know that what a letter of credit was. They didn't know what a export receivables uh, was. They didn't know uh, how to assess for right fit for a, a distributor. And uh, so they, 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 uh, they didn't get paid on their export. Uh, and he had to make two trips to Kenya to get paid, to get his funds out. He went through the export accelerator uh, about a year later uh, and he then learned and filled in those gaps and became uh, export ready. Uh, and, and shortly thereafter, there was a tender in Kenya uh, for a much larger project, he took advantage of what Laura mentioned, the SBA, Export Working Capital Program, to get him some capital to build out for the materials going to Kenya. He used a letter of credit, uh, and he, he worked through the District Export Council on finding a bank to help them uh, be a per with that letter of credit. And he made the shipment, and he got paid for the product. So I would pay for the shipment. I think... One of the areas is they don't know, uh, they're not export ready, or they don't know how to assess for right fit, finding a distributor in the foreign market, and they don't know exactly what to, uh, to ask for. So we've, we've, we've got a, a, a process that's a two-page questionnaire with some additional information that we ask our clients to use when trying to engage in foreign markets to assess for right fit. Gotcha, That's those are great ones. So. Um sort of contracts and payment, sort of that, that sort of uh, export infrastructure or uh, details, and then, uh, and then uh, developing uh, relationships with competent and ethical uh, distributors, I suppose, uh, maybe right. number two. But Lauren, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think uh, long-term commitment 
uh, you know, make sure that when you go, when you export, you really want to dedicate your, all your resources with a long-term view to, you know, that, that really makes uh, the success formula grow. Uh, also, you know, like uh, uh, Andrew had mentioned, to maximize all the federal, state, uh, academic, and service provider uh, resources. Use all those resources and get all the information and ask questions and ask, assess and due diligence and all that. Uh, uh, I think um, capital, lack of capital sometimes, you know, those companies don't have the capital to to withstand six a year, six months or a year to, you know, to have some monies to pay for inventory and things that get them started. So I think that's a, a big one. And and personnel have a dedicated staff. I know it's very difficult right now to find personnel, but we, Andrew and I can help staff, help find possible candidates, whether it's international customer service or an export sales manager or, uh, or an import sales manager, depending on the, on the flow of the, of the business. But so yeah, we can you know those those are some things that are also very critical to keep in mind. In addition to what Andrew had mentioned, Lauren, that's exactly right. I always advise clients to uh, select an export champion in the company to take the baton going forward because export to have an export agenda and a proactive export strategy after those twelve weeks. If there's no one to take the baton going forward, it's going to be stagnant. So uh, agree. That's, that's great wisdom. So um, let's go to Lauren uh, to start this next question, which is um, the, you know, it, it's great to hear the challenges. Thinking about the companies that, that successfully expand from the U.S., whether it's export or, um, or actually they go in and actually create locations and manufacture and so on. Um, when you think about that, what are the real common denominators that you see in the ones that do it that well and, and ultimately are successful? What what are Lauren, what are, what are some of the things that you've seen that are common yeah, again, between those companies? Sure, sure. Again, uh, I'm going to stress that the long term commitment, the, you know, the, the, the personnel, the capital, the inventory, the focus, long term focus and all that flexibility and adaptability. Uh, make sure that you know the the company's flexible to to modify their products or service, to uh, you know to just to to learn about the markets, uh, their the culture, the business norms, uh, the currency. Just really you know like you would sell in in in, in Indiana, for example. I'd study all you, you can about that state, and just like you would sell to India, right? Learn as much as you can about the that country. Um, also, uh, the planning, plan, 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 you know, the strategic planning for that particular country you want to go into. Uh, the hiring, you know, they, these successful companies hire an international team, like Andrew said, a dedicated uh, person, export sales manager with some uh, support folks below that. Uh, creating a brand standard for your, you know, for their international uh, perspective, a, a good brand standard that all the your international partners will follow and continue to to use. Uh, 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 digital strategies also international digital strategy is important. Uh, uh, I think uh, you know to to have a good uh, a good website that's localized, internationalized, as they say. Uh, and lastly. Um, you know, don't grow too fast. Pick one or two, three markets at the beginning. Do them well, and then go to other markets. But don't, don't say, "Hey, I'm going to export all over the world and and pick ten markets or whatever." So, I think those are some things. Andrew, do you have any anything or other other comments that I may have missed or you thought are important? Lauren, I think you nailed it. Uh, I would I would only say add that uh, you know, 
planning is is certainly needed. Uh, be in it for the long haul because export development takes longer than domestic uh, market development. Uh, and treat treat exports on equal footing to domestic sales because too many companies think well it's the United States is a twenty seven and a half trillion dollar economic engine. It's the largest on earth. Uh, it, it is that's true. But companies that export uh, grow. Uh, much faster than those that don't. Companies that export have up to seven times more patents than their American companies that don't. There was a study done by University of Minnesota that uh, pointed to that. Hmm. So they, uh, I think companies that realize the opportunities of foreign market penetration, uh, that they can grow faster, that their risk of doing business once they go into foreign markets goes down because they're not reliant just on the U.S. economy. Uh, I think they they weather the storms economically here at home far better than those that don't export. Fantastic. So let's just uh, maybe talk just for a moment on one other topic. And that is, um, you know, ego is a really uh, interesting thing. And you both have kind of hinted on uh, kind of areas where, um, you know, sort of companies come into um, it sometimes comes into uh, whether it's exporting or or uh, coming into the U.S. either direction uh, uh, with not necessarily knowing what they don't know. And it seems to me that ego is really important in terms of us being determined to expand. Right? I mean, without ego, we wouldn't we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. On the other hand, uh, I would imagine that you've seen situations where ego can be devastating for companies in terms of not whether it's not listening to customers or the market or uh, or advisors or whatnot. Can you, uh, I see Laurent nodding uh, uh, voraciously. Do you want to start with that, Laurent? Yeah, have you seen a situation where uh, ego has maybe gotten in the way of a company? Yeah, I mean, you have to very be, be very humble when you go into a market, either import or export wise. I mean, just um, like you said, you know, sometimes you think you, you're, your way is the best way or your way of selling or your way of doing business is the best way, but it isn't sometimes. And that's why adaptability and flexibility is very important. Uh, I think, you know, that's that's a huge that's a great thing, Bill. I mean, a lot of, a lot, you know, some of these European companies or Asian and Latin companies and African companies coming in the U.S., they, you know, they think their best, their way is the best and they, they put their own people in the, in the, in the country. And, you know, after a year, a couple of years, they failed because they didn't adapt and they didn't, they didn't, you know, listen, like you said, they didn't, they weren't humble to, you know, to really kind of mesh into the economic system of that country. Andrew, any comments or anything? I would I would agree. I think uh, communication is a two-way street. And without proper listening on both sides, uh, it, it's not going to work. And I think sometimes as Americans, we we tend to think that the rest of the world follows our lead. They, they follow our lead in a lot of ways. They use the U.S. dollar, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, but they and, and they do follow in many ways uh, foreign Foreign uh, companies are adept at, at, at doing business with the U.S. It's often their first choice to to go go into uh, either locate expand in those into the U.S. or exporting to the U.S. or buying from the U.S. But it still means that we as Americans have to do the due diligence, as as Lawrence mentioned. You have to learn about India. You have to learn about about uh, China or Brazil. 
and do what you can to, to pick up a few words or phrases in their language. Learn that, that doing business often requires uh, uh, learning more about uh, your, your buyer, your distributor, or your customer's family. And that's a big deal in much of, of the rest of the world is getting to learn, uh, getting to, to know each other more intimately and uh, knowing about the family, their, their hobbies. And that's a big part of uh, building that, that relationship. Oh, fantastic. This, the, the information you provided has been, been excellent. Um, and uh, I know companies will really enjoy hearing your, your comments today. And uh, uh, any cl closing words, uh, Andrew, before we uh, close it up? Well, again, thank you, Bill, for hosting this. I, would, I do want to advocate to countries or companies that are listening in, please consider export development because it is needed. I, I've got figures, if anybody's interested in following up, uh, that suggest that the U.S. could easily double its exports. We export $3 trillion, $2 trillion in, in goods, $1 trillion in services all over the world. Uh, but that number should be, could be, must be, doubled. That would be adding uh, about the equivalent of the German economy to ours if we just exported more. And we can, we, we, we should. That's wow. What is, what, that's a mind-blowing statistic. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lauren, anything before we close up? No, it's just that, you know, the opportunities are boundless uh, when you export or import. Uh, you know, you may want to consider importing as well to, to add to your domestic business to, you know, possibly bring in a higher line cost product line or lower end product line on the export side. You know, as, as Andrew said, it offsets recessions or here in the U.S. and adds more revenue and, and uh, diversifies your client base. So, there's so many great positives in exporting, uh, just so many things. And the opportunity, as, as Andrew said, there's so much green field out there that we could do much more and uh, build a, a stronger exporting uh, basis here in the U.S. Fantastic. Well, well, thank you both so much. And uh, your comments are fantastic. We'll put your contact info in the description below and certainly invite our audience to reach out to um, either or both uh, Andrew and or Laurent and, uh, and good luck with uh, whether you're working on uh, exporting or coming into the U.S. Uh, in either case, uh, good luck with that and certainly let us know how we can help. Thank, thank you both again so much and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Bill. Thank nice you, Bill. You. Appreciate it. Andrew, thank you. Take care, yeah. guys. One-way ticket, cross the nation, a one-way ticket.